0: Good morning. Uh, my name is Minu Kim, uh, the other half, I uh, mean, <laughs> the associate pastor here at St. Stephen's. Today's scripture lesson comes from Exodus chapter 3, <clears throat> verses 1 to 15. <clears throat> Am I good? Moses was, Moses was keeping the flock of his father in law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the, the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard the cry, their cry, on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver from, deliver them from the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. Now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is who I sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. The word of God for the people of God. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Before I begin, uh, I must clear some confusion uh, as many of you insist on pronouncing my first name correctly. The correct way to say it is Minu, emphasizing the first syllable. But do not fear. Do not fear. My family calls me Minu while my friends call me Minu. And I honestly like how both sound. So I guess it is up to you whether you want to be my family or friend. (laughs) Hello. Last week, uh, we were reminded by Patrick Spencer that all of us are called by God and called to ministry through our baptism. Not just the pastors, not just the lay leaders, but all baptized Christians are ministers who are called to participate in God's grand plan of carrying all God's creations. This means we all have our own unique call stories. Like what the Apostle Paul said, we are baptized into one body with many diverse gifts. And similarly, one spirit with many diverse uh, members and one mission with many diverse unique call stories. If last week's message uh, was on a young boy Samuel's call story, today's message is on an old man, Moses' call story. In this famous burning bush story, Moses was around 80 years old. After living almost two-thirds of his lifespan, Moses was called by God to venture out a new mission. This morning, we are reminded again that God's call does not discriminate. God calls us to be God's mission, regardless of age or background. This burning bush story is a well-known story for churchgoers. One of the reasons why this story is so popular is, I think, Because it is relatable, we can easily relate to Moses' skepticism and reluctance to God's call. When God called Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egypt, out of Egypt, he did not say yes right away with enthusiasm. Instead, Moses replied, but why me? Why, who do you think I am to manage this difficult task? This was the first of the five excuses excuses Moses gave in his attempt to avoid God's call. He also stated that he doesn't know enough of who God is, that no one will take his words seriously, that he is not an eloquent speaker, and that there are better qualified people out there for this task. All these excuses can be summed up as But why me? I'm nobody. But were Moses' excuses just an attempt to get away from taking on this enormous responsibility? Or were those his honest confession about who, why he could not do what God called him to do? Let us look at what we know about Moses' life until he encountered the burning bush. He was born to a Hebrew family when Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, wanted all Hebrew boys to be killed this was pharaoh's way of keeping the hebrews under egypt's oppression so moses's mother in her attempt to save her baby's life hid a three-month-old baby in a basket and left him in the river and it was the daughter of pharaoh who found the baby moses drew him out and took him under her wing so moses grew up not only as a member of an Egyptian household, but also as a prince of Egypt. And at some point, he learned that he was a Hebrew, and his sense of concern and curiosity impelled him to visit his people. There, as a young prince, he witnessed a harsh reality of oppression, how ruthless the working condition was for the Israelites under slavery. And when Moses saw an Egyptian taskmaster beating an Israelite, he could no longer contain his anger. Moses ended the life of that Egyptian taskmaster motivated by a misdirected sense of justice, and he thought no one saw his vengeful, murderous act. But the next day, when he thought he was helping or even saving his people, One of the Hebrews shot back at him saying, who do you think you are telling us what to do? Are you going to end my life the way you ended that Egyptian's life? Moses was outright rejected by the very people whom he thought he was saving. And the words eventually got out all the way to Pharaoh who sought to end Moses' life for his action. This forced Moses to run away to the land of Midian. And the place where Moses hid himself was where he eventually settled down, meeting his wife, having his children, and working for his father-in-law. So Midian was Moses' hideout, hiding from the consequences of his action, guilt and shame, hiding from the fear and misgivings of having failed and hiding from Pharaoh's wrath. Moses was hiding as long as he possibly could for well beyond 40 years. But his sense of concern and curiosity impelled him to check out the burning bush. And there, God called him to confront the very things he was hiding from. Now I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. We find this story of the burning bush relatable because it speaks to our human tendency to hide. We hide from so many things. Author Seth Godin writes in his blog and quote, We hide by avoiding things that will change us. We hide by asking for reassurance. We hide by letting someone someone else speak up and lead. And we will rationalize in extraordinary ways to avoid coming out of hiding. How many of us have hid from things or opportunities that might lead to disappointment, failure, rejection, fear, embarrassment, or judgment? How many of us have avoided leaving our comfort zones, which are our hiding places. But see, it is God's grace that draw us out of our hiding places. And as suggested in the title of our sermon series, it is God's grace that initiates our transformation. And the word transformation means a thorough and dramatic change. In other words, God's grace draws us out of our hiding places to confront the things that will change us. To be called by God is to be changed in Christ. And to be changed in Christ is to be transformed by grace. And you might ask yourself, why must I be changed and why must I be transformed? This transformation sounds redundant. When you are already baptized, when you think you are already saved, and when you are already participating in the life of the church, and this transformation sounds pointless, when you have already lost faith in the church, when you are already going doing great without transformation, and when you know this churchy transformation will only cause more drama in your life. But you will hear this continued theme as we hear different call stories in the Bible. God does not call us out of our hiding places just so that we may be transformed. God calls us, you and I, because God hears the cries of the people. God explained to Moses why God was calling him. I have observed the misery of my people. I have heard their cry, and I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them. And so Moses was called to go and be with his impoverished and oppressed Israelite neighbors and to journey with them faithfully and humbly out of Egypt to the land of milk and honey that was promised by God. And church, hear the good news. We continue to worship the same God who hears the people's cries, who sees the people's cries, and who knows our sufferings. And because God so loved the world, God's only begotten Son came down to deliver the world. And each of us is called to participate in God's grand plan of caring all God's creations. And our personal transformation it's just what comes with the plan. I know change is hard. In my, pre- my previous appointment uh, was a two-point charge, which means in the Methodist world, overseeing two different congregations. One was to serve St. Mark's in Manassas, and the other was to start a brand new church here in Fairfax. When I was called to start a brand new church in 2018, I was terrified. There was this vision uh, to build a new church that reflects and embraces the, div- the diversity of our Northern Virginia community. Yet, I had no idea what I was trying to do. But then we saw transformation happen as strangers came To build and form unlikely friendships through the teaching and fellowship and through the breaking of bread and prayers. And when we decided to close that church early this year, I was mortified. Long story short, we faced many obstacles, including the pandemic, which prevented us from hitting that institutional benchmarks. This closure was really, really hard, especially for me. But this change has led me to St. Stephen's where I'm given an opportunity to continue God's mission with my unique gifts and do it in partnership with yours. Again, change is hard. The changes St. Stephen's is going through as a church are hard. The changes you are all experiencing as individuals are hard. The change we as a society is going through is hard. To Moses, who knew the change he, is about to, the change he was he's about to experience was going to be really, really hard, God responded, Just as I have been with your ancestors, I am with you right now and i will continue to be with you and i will go with you and i pray that we find reassurance in jesus christ who is god with us who said to his disciples and remember i am with you always to the end of the age in the name of the father of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Man.